This is Keeping It 101, a Killjoy's introduction to religion podcast. In 2022-2023, our work is made possible through both a UVM REACH grant and a loose AAR Advancing Public Scholarship grant. We're grateful to live, teach, and record on the current ancestral and unceded lands of the Abenaki, Wabanaki, and Akosisko peoples. And as always, you can find material ways to support Indigenous communities on our website. Yeah, you can. What's up, nerds? Hi, hello. I'm Megan Goodwin, a scholar of American religions, race, gender, and politics. Hi, hello. I'm Elise Morgenstein First, a historian of religion, Islam, race and racialization, and South Asia. How are you doing, Megan? Oh, oh, you know, like the dude, I abide. How are you doing? <laughs> you know, it's July. I'm wearing like a 35-year-old t-shirt. We're yes. good. We're good to go. Hooray. And I ain't <laughs> And speaking about get good to go, the thing that we're gooding to go on <laughs> is an incorrect episode. Yes, it is. Incorrect. Where we kindly but firmly insist that religion does more and different work than you, dear nerds, might think that it does. So on today, I will <laughs> trigger the shit out of Megan <laughs> with three simple words. Hold on to your butts. Here they come. <sighs> Drinking the Kool-Aid. No! Nerd rage! No! Is your nerd rage because Kool-Aid is, is like maybe two words? But it's a hyphenate, so it's one word? Is that, that is the rage? Good- <laughs> it, it, that's a good guess, but no, actually, no. <laughs> There's more. Whoa. You have... What what did I do then? <laughs> you activated the part of my brain that makes the sound of ultimate suffering when three factors combine. Smugness plus incorrectness plus injustice. Oh no. I'm yes. I'm concerned. But should be. Uh tell me more. Right. So we've already done a cults episode, which was episode one of Smarkle Summer. I got myself so worked up while we were recording that, that you can actually hear me smacking the microphone with my Muppet arms. True story. True story. Uh, so, all right. I'm not, I'm not going to make this episode just my standard, please, please, for the love of God and all that is holy, please stop fucking saying cults already. I'm not going to do that. I'm not. But since we've already said it before, what if it's useful for me, mm-hmm. shockingly, <laughs> to sum up what you told us in that episode so that our nerds have like, you know, a basis? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sure. Hit it. So in that episode, mm-hmm. you told us that first, people use the word cult to mean religion they don't like. Yes. I do say that. I say that all the time. I am actually cited on the Wikipedia page for cult saying that. Yes, can confirm. Okay, so people use cult to mean religion they don't like, number one. Number two, cult is often shorthand for concerns about things like coercion or brainwashing or... And we talked a lot in that episode about how coercion definitely exists, but mm-hmm. brainwashing does not, and that neither of those frameworks actually explain new religious movements right. at all. Right. Yes. So coercion absolutely exists. That is correct. Brainwashing, 
not a thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, coercion does happen in groups that we think of as new religious movements, but coercion happens everywhere because people are genuinely or people generally are shitty to each other. So the if we're thinking about new religious movements, assuming that someone who is in a people's temple, say, uh, are only there because they're forced to be there or they've been tricked or they're just dumb, is a dumb, stupid, in-the-face way to think about participation in new religious movements. Yes. It's more yeah. complicated than that. Okay. So then the third thing we said on that episode, and that's useful for nerds to hear now, is that cult also works to shut down and punish folks for doing religion too differently, too beyond the pale, or too freely. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, my go-to on this is FLDS is Mormon fundamentalism. There's a big chunk of my book, Abusing Religion. And a lot of the arguments that got made for why they needed to send literal tanks to pick up 400 kids was because uh, Mormon fundamentalists in Texas were, according to the House of Representatives, taking advantage of religious freedom. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> You're too free. Yep. 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 Like you, you Be less free. Hey, I know, I know we said that we liked freedom, but you're doing it wrong. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> I did. I said all of that. I say it a lot. Actually, yeah, I shan't say it again today. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna keep today's episode specifically focused on People's Temple, their communitarian agricultural project, which most folks remember as Jonestown, and why, quote, drinking the Kool-Aid quote, is not just incorrect, although it is, but also really fucking racist and specifically really fucking misogynoirist, meaning it does race and gendered violence to black women. But that's it. I'm just going to talk about those three things. Um, sure. I'll, I'll believe it when hears it, <laughs> but why don't we give you a go at that? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm also going to cheat and stash a bunch of like further readings and listings and watchings in the show notes. So, well, that I believe, and that's great <laughs> because I have very little to add. But now, okay, let's let's like uh, let's like get this party started. Yeah. yeah. Tell me mm-hmm. what is so goddamn incorrect about drinking the Kool-Aid. Oh, yeah! <laughs> See, I can make Kool-Aid jokes, too. I can do it. It's not that I am opposed to cracking wise about some truly dark shit. Hello, have you seen anything I've ever published and or listened to even a little bit of this here pod? I mean, yes. <laughs> I have 15 years of your <laughs> redonk jokes that populate my brain. <laughs> and likewise. And I cherish you. So, like, I'm not, I'm not mad at jokes. I'm not. But I am mad both about people punching down and about people insisting it's their right to punch down in this particular case. Because obviously the folks who died at Jonestown were stupid brainwashed sheeple who brought their deaths on themselves by being too dumb to not commit suicide when a mentally ill wannabe father divine with cheap sunglasses and a ham radio told them to off themselves and their kids. And to them I say, extremely fucking incorrect. Not correct. Um, I am just going to say this thing out loud now, and I, I can feel through the airwaves <laughs> that you are, you are hype. You are, you are yep. approaching She-Hulk yep. level. So I, yep. I want to remind you that yep. you promised me mm-hmm, specifically mm-hmm. that you would not drop a million facts on our nerves, <laughs> that you would keep this together and yep. like relatively in yep. your pants. And yep. I'm going to hold you to okay. it. 
Okay. I am. I am a little bit all caps Megan right now. I hear it. Okay. Yes. I'm going to be sentence case, Megan. I am going to give you a top three about why drinking the Kool-Aid is incorrect and deeply fucked up. And please don't say it anymore, please. Taking a deep breath. Okay, good. Cleansing. Okay. First and least importantly, it wasn't fucking Kool-Aid. It was cyan- <laughs> I, it wasn't. I'm sorry. I already lost. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just, it was cyanide-laced flavor aid. This is nitpicking, but I guess if you're going to make light of the tragic murder of hundreds of people who were just trying to make the world a better place, maybe check your lipstick first. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, you should know if you're having a slush puppy or an icy. You should. The details matter in a joke. A good joke has a good detail. Exactly. So this isn't even a good joke. Second, far more importantly, people use drink the Kool-Aid to mean this person is stupid or brainwashed or has unquestioningly accepted an extreme, irrational, and dangerous worldview to the detriment of themselves and others. A of all, and as we've already discussed, brainwashing is not a thing. And again, check out the cults episode for more on this. And brainwashing is not what happened in People's Temple Agricultural Project. People's Temple was a predominantly Black new religious movement devoted body and soul to creating an egalitarian, anti-racist, anti-capitalist society. The people of People's Temple were scholars and revolutionaries, activists and optimists. They lived together, worked together, celebrated and worshipped and mourned and protested together. Most of all, they were human beings working as hard as they could to build a kinder, more just world, a world worth living in, worth saving. They were people. And surviving members still talk about creating that intentional community in Guyana as building heaven on earth. That's a direct quote. So yeah, public perception of the movement centered, it still centers on Jim Jones as the leader. But as our beloved Judith Weisenfeld teaches us, no one stays in a quote unquote cult because of a charismatic leader. They might join for one, but they stay because of a compelling worldview, a community that values them and cares for them, a chance to be more than they were, to really make a difference. Jim Jones betrayed that vision and those commitments and these people. Yes, he directed the residents of People's Temple Agricultural Project to end their lives. Yes, he absolutely did that. Most of them, hundreds, hundreds of them, Black women and their children, poisoned themselves at gunpoint. That's not suicide, revolutionary or otherwise. That is a fucking massacre. Yeah. And I think it's really important for me to -hmm. say out loud that when we think about new religious movements and particularly new religious movements that get labeled cults and particularly those cults that either are affiliated with or victims of violence and especially self-inflicted violence, because there's a bunch of these that happen over the years. Mm -hmm. It's really easy to make their suicides a purposeful, suicidal, Mm -hmm. uh, deranged, Mm -hmm. right? Like, so we have all of the mental illness shaming that happens around suicide and suicidal ideation, Mm -hmm. which this podcast is not for. Right. But more importantly, there's also this way that like we lose the context of power and coercion when Uh we claim that these folks are just stupid sheeple. Uh So I know we've said this in other places. I'm really just trying to underline your point, Megan, Uh that like 
committing suicide or ingesting poison when the choice is poison or gun is not a choice. Nope. That is not what agency looks like. Mm -mm. This is not a free market here. Nope. And, and so when we lose those details, when those details fall out, we need to pay attention to what the story is actually about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. I'm making this story about a white man, mm-hmm. charismatic leader, mm-hmm. as opposed to the hundreds mm-hmm. of women and children, predominantly of color mm-hmm. and, and predominantly black on top mm-hmm. of that is like... That's a story in between the margins, which I think is why you are really pushing us to see why drinking the Kool-Aid is incorrect. I really, really, really am. And I'm very glad that you're, you are encouraging us to think about the context in which folks are making impossible choices, right? Because no, drinking cyanide flavored or cyanide laced flavor aid at gunpoint is not a choice. It is double not a choice when that gun is pointed at your kid. Like it just, but third and most importantly, the mass murder of black women and children is not a fucking punchline. People. Yeah. Let's say that again. Yeah, let's do it. The mass murder of black women and children, which is what happened at Jonestown, is not a fucking punchline. People's Temple was, as I have said, and will provide many receipts for, a predominantly Black new religious movement. But the leadership was overwhelmingly white, and many of them were white women. So regardless of what that cranky ADL lawyer who laid into me on Twitter thinks, the Jonestown Massacre is an act of white supremacist violence, and specifically white women's violence against Black women and children. White supremacy, I will remind, not not you, at least because you know this, but I'll remind our listeners, is not just about the Klan or the Proud Boys. It's anywhere and everywhere that we value white lives, white bodies, and qualities associated with whiteness over other lives, bodies, and qualities. In what's now the United States, white supremacy is deeply, though not exclusively, rooted in anti-Black racism. Jim Jones and the white leaders of his community saw the lives of People's Temple members, again, overwhelmingly Black lives. They saw those lives as disposable, as commodifiable, as a way to make a point about the supremacy of their murderous, white-led worldview. And here's the thing, nerds. It's not just that Jim Jones and the white women leaders of his community betrayed and murdered hundreds upon hundreds of Black women and children in Guyana, though that certainly would be enough for me to tell you that you need to stop saying drinking the Kool-Aid. But after this heinous crime, no one wanted their bodies Guyana said that they were a U.S. problem. America wanted to leave them in Guyana. The bodies of unclaimed Jonestown victims were shipped in rubberized bags from the Guyanese jungle to an Air Force base in Delaware, where they languished for months. Woof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. America ultimately decided that the Jonestown dead were not human and therefore not America's problem, rendering these teachers and veterans, workers and revolutionaries, as as Christina Sharp might put it, unmournable. So when you make jokes about drinking the Kool-Aid, you trivialize and you invisibilize their heroic commitment, their revolutionary vision, the brutality and injustice of their murders. You contribute to what Jay-Z Smith called the pornography of Jonestown. And if you're American, you're adding one more violent insult to the litany of Black women in this country. Our country has murdered and betrayed. The Black women of People's Temple went to Guyana because they saw that this country, the country of their births, the country that would decades later murder Sandra Bland and Breonna Taylor, that this country had no future for them. They gave 
everything to try and survive and build a future for themselves and their families. Their lives fucking mattered and their deaths are not a joke. Do better. Good one out. Well, I I don't really know how to follow that mic drop. Uh But the script says I'm supposed to do a wrap up or review while you take deep breaths. So you take some breaths, maybe off mic. I don't know if like breathing into the mic is a great idea for our listeners, but um, Uh, I will do a little bit of a wrap up, which is really simple, nerds. Drinking the Kool-Aid is not a benign joke. It is, in fact, a joke uh, steeped, if not born of, uh, anti-Blackness and particularly anti-Blackness that uh, has Black women and Black children in the crosshairs. Yep. Yep. And I think the thing that one of the things that absolutely kills me about this is not just that people get it wrong so often, and they do. We don't teach this history, and that's that's entirely why I'm writing the next book, is because it costs us a lot to try to correct these records. I don't ever blame someone for not knowing this. The part where I get really stuck is when I provide them with historical context, with all of the very well-documented facts about what happened. And they still insist that they know better, that actually it was suicide. Actually, it is funny. Actually, this is what they deserve for, I don't know, trying to make the world a better place and just trying to find a space where they could live and survive and flourish. Uh, the, The smugness and the conviction, like if you try to make things better, if you try to do religion different, in order to make things better, this is what you fucking get and you deserve it. And it just, it makes me very, very angry and very, very sad. So let's, let's all do better. Yeah. I think that for me, you've, you've hit the nail on the head. I know history is not usually the place that you come home for, for being angry about, or like for being passionate (laughs) about, (laughs) but I think for those of us who study or who know about micro histories, we can see the triplicate Mm -hmm. violence, right? It's Mm -hmm. not just Mm -hmm. that this event happened. It's not just Mm -hmm. that it gets written out of history. It is Mm -hmm. also that whatever the kernel that came out of it, that has an afterlife that is almost undefeatable, right? Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. like, Drinking the Kool-Aid is part of the vocabulary of an American zeitgeist for the last, what, 45 years, 50 years? Mm-hmm. F- 44 on the nose because it happened eight months after I was born. And so like <laughs> as a historian that studies quite a lot of hateful activities, it's really hard when mm-hmm. you see these four word or three word, depending on how we're counting that hyphen. <laughs> um <laughs> Right. Um, signifiers yeah. for these horrific mm-hmm. events become jokes that are not yep. a community trying to heal and represent itself with a little bit of tongue in cheek. Right. It right. Because that's the thing. Like, right. It's epithetic where you're right. hurling it at exactly. someone and you're yes. doing a violence and the violence is not just about mental illness stigma and like how suicide is anyone's fault in the first place is like a separate set of issues and anti-blackness and this event that gets taken wrong and anti-religion because like 
right? The assumption that if you do religion wrong, you deserve mm-hmm. violence. But it's also like the erasure of any facts, which mm-hmm. is why historians mm-hmm. often describe themselves as like just feeling gaslit all the time. Yeah, yeah. Like there's a resentment about yeah. the facts. I have blocked folks I considered colleagues on Twitter because they made light of this. And it is staggering to watch the ways that folks want to be dismissive of such a violent history. Like uh, we were wrapping up, but whatever, tiny primary sources. Uh, the reason that I wanted to write this is because yesterday I had a friend text me and say that on the the their business Slack, on the Slack for their job, someone had created a Kool-Aid man emoji and the, the command that you type to get it to pop up is drinking the Kool-Aid. And the person was like, I know this is bad because I read your Twitter. Where can I send them? Uh, so here, here we are. We you are can send them right nerds. here. I'm gonna. Okay. Yes. With that, don't pack up mm-hmm. yet, nerds. You've homework. got homework. What homework? Except you know what, nerds? I don't have a lick of homework to give you. This is a hundred percent in <laughs> Megan's in Megan's court. So my homework is listen to the professor. Goodwin, tell us what you got. <laughs> Yes, I will. Yes. Uh, so the first place that I want to direct you is uh, medium.com, where I am slowly collecting resources around this new book project that I'm working on, which is called Cults Incorporated, The Business of Bad Religion. Um, and the piece on there that I am the proudest of and that is the most relevant for today's conversation is uh, the transcript of a keynote that I did at Fairfield University because friend of the pod, Lydia Wilski-Cholo, invited me to come. It is called Making the American Religious Monster. It has all of the citations in the whole world, lots of multimedia stuff. So go check that out. I also would be absolutely remiss not to speak the name of Sikibu Hutchinson, uh, who first drew my attention to the the massage of how we remember and misremember Jonestown. So she has pieces for both Religion Dispatches and the African-American Intellectual History Society, both focused on why so many Black women died at Jonestown that are just heartbreaking and deeply insightful. Um, And then the last thing that I'll recommend on the pod, but trust that there will be more on the website, is the 2006 Firelight documentary, Jonestown, Life and Death of People's Temple, which you can watch for free on YouTube. Uh, It is heartbreaking, but does a truly beautiful job of highlighting the vision and the dedication and the work, so much work that went in to trying to build a better world. So high recommend on all of those. Shout out to Evie Wolf, Rachel Zeef, and Juliana Finch, the KI101 team whose work make this pod accessible and therefore awesome, listenable, social mediaable, among many other things for which we are grateful. We sure are. You can find Megan, that's me, on Twitter at MPGPHD, Annalise at PROFIRMF, or the show at Keeping It underscore 101. Find the website at KeepingIt101.com. Keep the Insta if you want to. Drop us. A- oh, and we're on TikTok now. Apparently, that's happening. Uh, look at us being in the zeitgeist. Drop us a rating or review in your podcatcher of choice. And with that, peace out, nerds. And do your homework. It's on the syllabus. Um, um, um.